Paula made a video while we were in Australia, and I think she's a bit embarrassed by it. She had flies flying all around her, but it was a great video. It was a great encouragement uh, in the moment to see some of what we got to do that was, we, she speaks about um, the purpose of us being there. So we're gonna show that video if Josh has it ready. walk in the outback and I've just been reflecting on a lot of things please ignore me if I'm swatting at flies I think Satan is using them as a tool because he doesn't want me to make this video but my time in here in Australia has taught me that we really have to go out and meet people where they are at when we go to proclaim Jesus so often we have this idea that well I invited my neighbor to church and they didn't come well do you know about your neighbor? Do you know what kind of hardships they face? Do you, do you know what makes their daily life difficult and why they might be turned off by the idea of attending church? These are things we have to find out. I, I came here today as I was walking and I walked through a cemetery that was pretty old for the area. And over and over again, I kept seeing graves of children, age 13, age eight, age six, age 18, and all these, all these children, and it, it lets you know how difficult life is. And this culture of difficulties has made people a little hardened, but they're still very warm, and they still need the hope of Jesus living inside of them. So just that made me think about how Jesus came to earth. He came to experience our hardships. He came to experience our hearts to look at the landscape of our lives and still minister to us. He didn't say to the people as he was teaching them, now you got to come to synagogue and you got you got to sit here. He went out to the mountains, he went out to the the sea, he went out to wherever he could find the people proclaiming himself as our savior. And that's exactly what we need to do. We need to go out to people, find them, experience their hardships. Just work alongside of them so you can hear their stories and understand them a little better. And if we don't embrace this mentality, we're not doing our mission. He said, go out. And we need to stop asking people to come in and start going out more. And that doesn't mean you have to take a mission across to the oceans to Australia. That just means you can walk across the road and talk to your neighbor and see what's going on with them or talk to the lady at the gym that you work out with and see what's going on in her life. That's the best way we're going to minister to people. And we're going to use that church as a place to grow ourselves as disciples. That's what the church is for. It's for that community, that fostering unity among Christians and building good discipleship so that we can keep going out. So anyway, the flies didn't stop me this morning, and I hope everybody has a blessed day. Well, that's our sermon for today, and see you all next week. <laughs> no, our trip was really good. We're, I'm really not that tired. Actually, I feel pretty good. I slept terribly the whole time I was there, so last night was a good sleep. But uh, 
We're not going to continue with the Sermon on the Mount today. I was going to try to keep that going uh, by writing something on the plane, but those international flights are just survival mode. It's not, it's not really time to think deeply. And uh, so I'm going, to, I'm going to teach a lesson that I taught over there about um, being a citizen, a citizen of heaven. We did, the, we did, we did sessions. Uh, we went out into the outback and we were at a sheep shearing shed. So our whole... Our whole time spent out there, we were in this big sheep sharing shed that um, Betsy and, um, why am I drawing a blank on Bob's name? Bob, right? <laughs> yeah, sorry. I relearned, I learned, I went there and learned a hundred new names and now it's all meshing together. But that the sheep sharing shed was a sight to see and they, those people didn't even, they didn't have sheep. So uh, that was kind of strange. But anyway, we got to, I got to teach this lesson there, and I'm going to teach it here. And we will uh, we'll talk about the trip more when uh, Paul and I will get together, and, and we'll get some pictures together, and we'll talk about it more when we have a little more time to prepare for that. So this lesson is titled Heavenly Citizenship. And as we think about our citizenship is in heaven, if we believe in Jesus, then our citizenship is in heaven. But if you think about your home, Think about where you're from. I'm from Springfield, but now my home is in Bellevue. But think about where you all live. Think about the house you live in. Think about the town you live in. Think about the state you live in. But specifically right now, think about your home, your, your, the structure of your house. Your home is where you sleep. Your home is where you eat most of your meals. Your home is where you grow with your family. And your home is your safe haven. It's a place of security and it's a place of comfort. But if you're a believer in Jesus, your home on earth is not your home. Heaven is your home. So as I, as I spoke to these Australians, I said, you all are citizens of Australia, and I'm a citizen of the United States. And come to find out some of the people that we met there weren't citizens of Australia either, but uh, that's, a, that's a different story. But I'm a citizen of the United States, and I hope most of y'all are citizens of the United States also. But the citizenship that we hold in these, these countries that we live in, they're just temporary and they're secondary because of our citizenship in heaven. We need to have the perspective that if we are believers, that our citizenship is in heaven. So if our homes on this earth are not our homes and our citizenship is in heaven, how should, all, how should that thought shape the way that we live? Let's dive into the Word and uh, let it tell us. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 17 through 21, Paul says, Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us, for many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is in their belly, and they glory in their shame, with minds set on earthly things, but our, citizen, our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. Maybe I'm a bit tired, more tired than I realize because I, I normally struggle to read out loud and today is even worse. But I have been speaking in an Australian accent for two straight weeks, so that might uh, play a part too. So as we read this passage, Paul is contrasting the desires of the human heart in following the patterns of the world to the God that we have in Jesus our Savior. So on one hand, Paul's saying uh, that people that don't follow Jesus walk as enemies of the cross of Christ, are doomed for destruction, and he says in the passage that 
their belly is their God, which means they're focused on the things of the world and the pleasures that the world offers. And they have their mind set on earthly things. And then the, in the other hand, Paul is saying that followers of Jesus are citizens of heaven and their, and, and their eternal home is in heaven with the king. So if we're sitting here today and we understand that we're citizens of heaven, our lives should look different than the world. We should have a big picture or kingdom perspective on everything that we do. Our lives here on earth are very short. Our houses are not our home. Our town is not our home. Our state is not our home. And our country is not our home. Our home is in heaven with Jesus. We are citizens of heaven. In heaven, when we pass from this earth, we will, we will be in the presence of Jesus himself. That's our home. Our home is with Jesus in his kingdom forever. But for now, we are on this earth. So we must, we must walk uh, on the earth, avoiding the things of the world with the understanding that our citizenship is in heaven. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 7, Jesus himself says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and pre prepare a place for you, I will come and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may also be. And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So if we believe this to be true, if we believe that we are citizens of heaven, our life on earth should look differently. Amen? If we believe the message of the gospel, if we believe that Jesus came, actually came to earth and died for our sins, and, and we believe that our life has been changed for that, it should be evident. Like John was saying this morning, your name is John, right? Okay. I'm, I am struggling, actually. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> Woo! So, what was I saying? Somebody remind me. Oh, you said this morning, uh, it should be evident in our life if we're saved. It should be easy, very, very, very easy to see. And I was, I was, I was going to share this morning, but I decided to wait. Um, I had a couple conversations while we were gone with some people about salvation, like, you know, we often think, well, is this person saved or is that person saved? And it's not our job to determine who's saved and who's not. But I do not want, I, I would love for people to be able to see salvation in me and not have to ask, is that guy saved? Well, surely you should be able to tell by looking at me. You know, we should be able to look into the life of the person and say, my gosh, Jesus just pours out of that guy. We met a pastor. I'm getting away from my notes, guys. Uh-oh. We met a pastor there in Australia. His name was Steve Ballin. Is that how you said his last name? Ballin. And he was about six foot seven. He was 46 years old, and he had more energy than any person in this room. He was, I mean, he just had a childlike, he was mature. He, he, didn't, he didn't act like a child, but he had the energy of a child in just life in in ministry especially and um never never in my never in my time with him did i think man i just wonder about steve is he saved does he know jesus 
He knew Jesus. I didn't have to ask. Nobody else had to ask. You could see it. You could see it in the way he spoke. You could see it in the way he moved around with the people of his church and with us and, and the hospitality that he had. It was evident in his life that he was a follower of Jesus. So, if we believe in the message of the gospel, it should shape our entire thought process. We believe that God created us and that we are sinful. We believe that He sent His Son Jesus as the payment for our sin debt, a debt that we could not have possibly paid ourselves. Jesus paid our debt for us by living a perfect life and dying a violent death on the cross, being buried for three days and walking out of the tomb and resurrecting into heaven, where we will one day dwell with Him in our eternal home. Because remember, this earth is not our home. Heaven is our home, if we believe in Jesus. We are citizens of heaven. This should shape our entire life. And if we have this perspective that heaven is our home and this earth is not our home and we want to resist worldliness, people should be able to see that fruit in our life. We don't need to get wrapped up in the anxieties of the world. We don't need to worry so much about our finances. You still need to go to work tomorrow morning, most likely. But let's not let the anxiety of this world ruin our life. And uh, it, shouldn't be, it shouldn't be overwhelming um, to other people. People shouldn't, shouldn't know all of our anxieties because we, we should be anxious for nothing. We, our citizenship is in heaven. So if we believe that, let's start living like it. This world is temporary. Our cars, our clothes, our houses, our jobs, our health, our wellness, and our money, these things are temporary. Jesus has given us a life to live. Jesus said in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So everyone that is here that claims to be a follower of Jesus was once lost. Everyone that is here and has genuine faith in Jesus should have a similar story to tell. And it should sound something like this. I was once lost. And this is, this is, this is, not, this is true in my life. I was once lost. I was wandering around this earth. Uh, I had all these good things, and this isn't everybody's story, but for me, I had all these good things going on, but I was as lost as lost could be. I didn't understand what's the purpose of life. I have no idea. I mean, I, I haven't even had to work for most of the things that I have. I, some girl dumped me, and me and Heather start dating. We get married. That's how much effort that took. I mean, <laughs> you know, it just... You know, oh, dumped. Oh, here's another one. That's good. So we get married. <laughs> then we have children. And that really didn't take much effort either. <laughs> you know? <laughs> this is what happens when I get away from the notes. It's, kind of, it's getting back. With... <laughs> yeah, thanks. I know I'm getting more comfortable up here because I really don't even care. But... Uh, <laughs> But what I'm saying is, I, under, I understood the American mission, get married, have kids, have a job, make as much money as you can, and that's what I was doing. And I felt lost, lost as you could possibly be. I, I had money in the bank, I had a wife, I had kids, I have a house, I have a family that loves me, I have all these things, and I thought, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. And, and one day, uh, Somebody came along and shared the gospel with me, and I was willing to listen out of my desperation. And um, that willingness to listen, well, God is, God is sovereign, and God is the one that said, okay, I'm going to allow you to, to hear this good news and believe it right now at this point in your life. And that should be our story. Our, our story doesn't, 
If we're saved, our, our stories aren't all the same, but they're, they're, they're all similar. We were lost, as lost can be, and then we were found. It's as simple as that. The gospel, though, though there's many pages of this book, you can summarize the th whole thing in this. People are lost without Jesus, and then Jesus enters their life, and they're saved. And then when they're saved, their citizenship is in heaven. Your home is not your home. Kentucky is not your home. The United States is not your home. Australia is not your home. Bellevue Baptist Church is your church home, but it's not your home. Heaven is your home. Heaven with Jesus is your home. This should change the way that we live. This should change the way that we love. This should change the way that we act. And this should shift the focus away, shift our focus away from the desires of this world. John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17 says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. So take a moment right now and analyze yourself. What are you holding on to in this world that does not honor God? And for me, my answer or the most obvious answers in my life are materialism and comfort. So materialism for me is shoes, shirts. You know, I went to Australia and I see all these, they have all these, their vehicles are different than ours. They, they, there's not Ford F-150s buzzing around. They're all in Toyota Land Cruisers. So my worldly eyes go there. I'm like, I gotta have a Land Cruiser now. I've just got to. The steering wheel is going to be on the wrong side of the road, but I got it, or the wrong side of the truck, but I've got to have one of these. Every vehicle we were in was a diesel vehicle, and that was cool. And but I thought, I've I've traveled all this distance to do this gospel work, and I'm drooling at the mouth over a truck. What? <laughs> what a weird thing. And then comfort. You know, you think about comfort. And I wrote this to speak to the Australians, but comfort on the trip, the biggest fear for me, and it wasn't a fear, I, it was just a reality, I think, was, oh, goodness, we got to get on this plane for thir literally 24 hours. And uh, I was not looking forward to that. I mean, it was, uh, it was, now that it's over, it's like, oh, that wasn't so bad. But while you're in it, I know I can't sleep on a plane. I better not sleep an hour the whole time. So just the... Just the, I guess it is worry or anxiety about that. Like, oh, there's no avoiding it. So, uh, but what, what a silly thing to think. Like, why would I even let that enter my mind when there was a time airplanes weren't, weren't available? So to get to Australia, I would have had to sail on a ship, which would have taken, according to Google, 45 hours, 60 hours, something, something like that. So here I am complaining about sitting in a chair in an airplane. Uh, it's the easiest way to get there. And, and I'm already, I've already been there and back in two weeks, you know? So wh why am I complaining? That's one thing we noticed too. And, you know, we were only there for two weeks, but it seemed like the people of Australia complained far less than our group specifically. I mean, we, we complained among, amongst each other about things like, they serve sausages for every meal, and we thought, if I have to have one more sausage, I'm gonna. <laughs> but we did. We we did. We just found ourselves complaining about things, you know. And uh, so I just need to repent of that. But uh, how selfish I am to to complain about, you know, 
the USA is not my home, but it's a country that allows me the freedom and the financial, you know, we have the finances to travel. All I have to do is show my passport and my cash and I can go wherever I want within reason. And there's some places we can't go, but, but I still complain about a plane flight. Why? You know, so we need to put all these, these things away, this materialism, this comfort, and think about what it is in yourself that, uh, that, that you're holding on to in the world, some worldly anxieties that you have and do away with those things. So if we are believers, we are citizens of heaven and all of our actions and activities should be from the perspective that our lives here on earth are about this long and we will one day dwell with the Lord in heaven. And this thought should guide our steps. So my question to you all is, if we believe the message of the gospel, if we believe that our true citizenship is in heaven, why is it so hard for us to stop living for the comforts, the pleasure and ease of this world? So you all need to break out into small groups and talk about these things. I'm just kidding about that. We're not going to do that today. But, but really, think about, think about do, do you perceive that you are a citizen of heaven? Or are you still living for all this buzz of the world? You know, you hear people talk more, um, more boldly about UK sports and all these things. And I've been guilty of that stuff too. But th those things are fine and they're good, but they're more temporary, even more temporary than life itself. That stuff could all be gone tomorrow. And um, we just need to live radically it should be evident in our lives that we're following Jesus. It's, there should be no question among people that if we actually believe, we, we should show it with our actions and our, and our speak. We should share the gospel with people at work. There's no reason to be scared. You're not going to get beaten to death at work for sharing the gospel. There are places on this earth. That, that, that's, one thing, that's one big takeaway from, from this trip. Australia's culture is very similar to ours, but it just made me think, when you're on the other side of the world, you, you just think about things differently. And I thought, my gosh, we live, in a, we live in such a place of ease. We have no excuse to not share the gospel with people. We have no excuse. We have money. We, have, we're willing, we, have, we can travel. Uh, we have freedom to speak to people in our country. We can, you can go to a Muslim. You can go to a Hindu. You can go to a, a, an atheist and share the gospel. And they might, they might swing at you. I don't know. But, but it's duck. And carry on. You're, you know, you're not going to go to jail in this country for sharing the gospel. So just do it. You know, just do it. And uh, I need a nap. So uh, if I stay up here much longer, I might say something even more stupid. But seriously, uh, we will talk about the trip more. It's really great. And we really, really um, appreciate your all support in one, paying for most of the trip, and two, allowing. Uh, allowing myself to leave for two weeks when I just got here. <laughs> that was kind of a big deal in my mind. So I appreciate that a whole lot. And uh, I look forward to talking about the trip later. And also, we will get back to the Sermon on the Mount stuff, but not yet, because I've been asked to speak at, um, I've been asked to speak at a church that I haven't even been to in Springfield next week. So I'm going to write a lesson for that, and I'm going to preach that here also. I'm not, I'm not experienced enough yet to spend 10 hours writing two different lessons and all that. So you're going to get that one, and then we'll get back to the Sermon on the Mount. So let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I'm grateful that, that I live in a country 
that allows me to travel freely and allows me to go to other countries and share the gospel. And I'm grateful that you've given me the understanding that that country is not ultimately my home. My home is in heaven with you, and I look forward to the day that I get to meet you there face to face. And just allow me to live boldly for the rest of uh, my life knowing that and and the same for everybody else in here who believes i'm not just speaking for myself i'm speaking for for everybody who's saved in this room that we understand that we are citizens of heaven and it should be evident in our lives uh, as people look at us and interact with us and talk to us even if they see our sinfulness we should we should repent of our sin in conversation with these people when we find ourselves complaining on a Monday, we should go back to that person on a Tuesday and 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 tell them, look, I, I don't want to be complaining about these things. I'm sorry that I spoke so negatively. And, and we can point people to Jesus in that very conversation. And um, I just want to invite anybody this morning that's here that doesn't know you and doesn't know that they're a citizen of heaven to come forward and we can talk more about that. And I'll even take them to lunch this week or whatever needs needs to happen to continue that conversation. So, Lord, I'm thankful that you got us back safely. I'm thankful nobody got sick on the trip and the gospel was shared and people were loved and we made connections in a far away land. And I pray these things in your mighty name. Amen.